I just felt like running. And that's what I did. I told you guys. Oh, last year, I was going to try and do a half marathon. That was one of my goals for 2019. Uh, I started training for it. Got busy. Kind of lost interest. Didn't do it. So here I am now today to talk about how I trained for a half marathon and ran a half marathon um, during COVID and by myself. I did it without an actual race um, because most races were canceled. I wasn't a big fan of the whole virtual thing. Um, you know, kumbaya, let's get together and do a virtual run. That was my thing. So I did it uh, by myself. So today's episode, I'm going to talk about the program I followed, um, how I trained through the summer, why I trained through the summer, my initial thoughts on that, my thoughts on it now that it's complete, um, the battle that you face mentally and physically and emotionally when it comes to training for a half marathon, a long run, whether it's 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, um, and what I went through, the amount of miles that I ran, um, what it was like um, running by myself, and what my actual time was, the gear I used, and you'll see, I'll leave links um, in the description of the podcast if you want to go and see um, the gear that I use, my watch, <clears throat> shirts, shorts, the shoes that I wear, um, as well as what fueled me um, in regards to supplements to, to help me with the runs that I had. So I'll start with the program I, I used, and it's from Hal Higdon. And if you don't know Hal Higdon, if you're not in the running world, I'm not a part of the running world, but now that I've done this half marathon, I've learned a little more about him. Um, Hal finished in fifth place in the 1960 Olympic trials in the 3000 meter steeplechase. And then in 1964, lifetime runner, 1964 in the Boston Marathon, Hal finished fifth overall and was the first American finisher with his time of two hours and 21 minutes. So he's a lifetime runner. He is a contributing editor for Runner's World and is the magazine's longest lasting writer having contributed an article to Runner's World second issue in 1966. So Hal's a little older, um, but he has a lot of very good programs. If you go to his website, halhigdon.com, you can go under his training programs. He also has an app. I did not use his app. I just went and looked at his training program. I have done his training program before for 10K. And what's nice about his training programs, he has marathon training, half marathon training, 5K training, 8K training, 10K, 15k and 10 mile training post marathon training base training and there's a section for more training but when you click on the training so i'm just going to go to the half marathon training right now you can see that there are actually one two three four five six seven different programs you can choose from all depending on your level of expertise in regards to a half marathon so it is novice one novice two intermediate intermediate two advanced half marathon three and walkers what i chose because i had never done a half marathon before i had been running leading up to this year obviously if you'd follow along i've done some challenges 75 miles in a, in a month with grand running club out of la uh, <clears throat> i've done 5k you know the turkey trots all those types of things i did a 10k training program last year as well with running so i had been running but i'd never run this type of mileage 
So I went with the Novice One. So the Novice One training program was 12 weeks long. Mine ended up being 13 because I had a week-long vacation that fell kind of right in the in the middle of it, a little, little past the 12-week, or sorry, a little past half halfway. And during that time, I actually did train during my vacation. I just didn't follow the program as it was put together for me. So I added an extra week just because of the fact of I didn't want to. I made it a, a, a point to myself that if I'm going to follow this program, I'm going to follow it to a T. And that is what I did. So in the novice program, you start with a three-mile run. That is your first run. So that gives you kind of your baseline of where you're at. And each week, your first run of the week, you know, continues to go up. Not Sorry, not each week, but every two weeks it starts going up. And by the last week, second to last week, sorry, week 11, you're up to a five-mile run to start your week. And then the last week, you really don't run a lot of miles because your big race is coming up, and so you don't want to burn yourself out. So your last week, it's a four-mile run, then a three-mile run, then a two-mile run, two days of rest, and then your half marathon. But each week, so I'll go back to the first week. Each week, you're running four times a week, and then you have a you have two days of rest, and then you have a 30, or sorry, you have a cross-training day. And cross-training can be walking, biking, um, climbing, anything that is just a different type, hiking, anything that's a different type of cross-training outside of running. So what I like to do, because it was the summertime, and the sun was up a lot earlier, and my kids were out of school, I would take my oldest son, and he would join me, and I, and I made sure that it was on Fridays, uh, so I would have my longer run on a Saturday and my rest on a Sunday. His week doesn't start until um, Tuesdays where he has Monday as a rest and Sunday as your long run. If I'm if I'm going to make a suggestion to you in regards to this program, make it work for your schedule. Sundays I like to use as my rest day. And then Saturday I could do my long run on Saturday, have then really the rest of the weekend – to recuperate because then I have all day Saturday and then all day Sunday to recuperate. So Monday was my actually first day of running for each week. Whereas in this program, if you put just print it out or look at it, it's a Tuesday, but you can obviously make it what you need. So, but I would do is go on Fridays and I would have Nolan join me for our walk. And that was a nice thing to do to kind of break up the week of running is we would go on a walk and he would always and he got into it too where he got himself his own watch and he would count his steps and everything and he wanted to know how far we would go and all that stuff. So it was a nice time for me and him to spend because towards the end of the program, it was an hour walk, you know, an hour of cross training. So, um, you know, we, we were walking probably two and a half miles, almost three miles. Um, and you have to remember, I'm with a seven-year-old, so my pace isn't that fast, but it was a nice recovery before you do your long run that next morning. Um, so that was the program I chose, Hal Higdon. Again, halhigdon.com. You can look at all his training programs if you're interested in that. Novice One, it's the easiest one if you're not going to do a walking. So walking obviously would be the easiest, but Novice One is the person that is designed for beginning runners who want to prepare for their first half marathon. That is what I did. So again... For an example, 
just so you can understand if you if you don't go and look at it you know the first two weeks of running this was my running schedule a three mile run the next day you can do a two mile run or a cross train i would always do two mile run because again though i chose novice one i wasn't a beginner runner I just had never done a half marathon before. So that is why I chose novice one. And as well, it worked best for my schedule. Cause this is the other thing that I want to talk about is I chose summer because the days are longer and the sun comes up earlier and I get up at four 15 every morning during the week and I go and work out. And so well, then what I would do is I would come home after my workout around six and I would fuel up. So I work out fasted. And for a while there in the beginning of the program, I was running fasted and I could just tell my energy levels were down. I was cramping because my body didn't have the right fuel in me. And so what I would, I started to do towards the middle of the program as the, the running got longer each morning was I would wait until about 6.30. So I'd get home around 6 and what I would do is I would fuel up with either an apple or a bunch of watermelon. Huge fan of watermelon after this training, by the way. Forgot about it for a while from, you know, being a grown-up from when I was a kid. Huge fan of watermelon. One, it fills you up, especially when you go on a long run, and most of it's water. So you're you're hydrating yourself perfectly for a run. So I would eat a good quarter of a large watermelon every morning before a run. So about 6.30 to 6.45, I would hit the road. And I would go on my run. So this is how the program started. Again, sorry, I'm going to go backwards. Three-mile run to start. Then you have a two-mile run or a cross train. And then a three-mile run. So you run three days in a row. Then you have a rest. Then you have your cross training. Then it's a long run. So the long run in the first two weeks is four miles. The long run in the next two weeks is five miles six miles, then you do a 5k race. So now you're working on your timing and your pacing, right? Because now you're scaling it back because a 5k race is only 3.2 miles. All right, that's correct. Yes. 3.2, 3.1, 3.1. It's 3.1. Sorry. 10k is 6.2. 3.1 is a 5k. And then the next week it's a seven mile run, then an eight mile run, then a 10k. Then I'm on a run, and then the week before your half marathon, my long run was 10 miles. And then it's a half marathon. So you never run the 13.1 miles. And if you're a runner, you'll know that most of the time you never run the mileage for the race that you're training for. Even in marathon training, you, you most of the time you don't run that 26.2 miles before you actually run it for your race. What this does, and it's nice, is it builds you up slowly to that, to where I was at 10 miles, and I could run 10 miles, and and as crazy as this sounds, once you get to 10 miles, another three miles doesn't seem long at all. And that's where the mental piece comes into it. Physically, by that point in time, because you have to remember, this was actually week 13 for me when I had to do my half marathon, by that point in time, I knew physically I could do it. I was in that good of I was in that good of shape. I took care of my body while I was I was training. I had some bumps and bruises, you know, the ankles were creaking a little bit. My right knee was a little more sore than it, it normally would be just because of the pounding of the pavement. But I knew physically I could do it. So that additional three miles physically wasn't anything. It's the mental piece. And mentally I knew I could do it, but until you get into that, that's where 
You know, it is that mental battle, especially, especially when you do it by yourself. The mental fortitude that I had to actually make myself get up on a Saturday morning on the 5th of September, and I think it was 5 a.m. I woke up. Yeah, Saturdays I would wake up at 5 a.m. and get ready for my long run, get out the door between 5, 30, 6 o'clock. To be able to do that on the 5th of September and go and run a half marathon, it takes a lot of mental fortitude to do that. Um, But the training program was great. We have a calendar downstairs in our kitchen for the boys' events and everything that's going on month to month. And I would write out, it's a dry race, and I would write out what running I had that week, and that helped me stay motivated and accountable for myself, right? And then social media does as well. Posting it every day and and getting a couple people here and there to kind of follow along with the journey of me running helped as well because then, you know, if it was kind of this thing of, well, I had to make sure, I got to make sure that they know that I'm on a run today and and then you post it on your Garmin app or your Strava app. And, you know, that's that's where um, a lot of the mentalness came into and the accountability. So that's the program, Novice One. Now, summer training. A lot of runners like a cooler temperature to run in. So again, for me, if I'm running in the summer, I'm running before 7 a.m. Because here in Charlotte, it gets very humid very quick. Even at 5 o'clock in the morning when I'm at the gym, the humidity is through the roof. 6 o'clock in the morning, humidity through the roof. There was plenty of times where I was running in the summer, and it was mid to high 70s at 6 o'clock in the morning with full humidity. So, you know, it does take that understanding of what you're walking into. That's not, you know, overall ideal running conditions for those that do like to run and those that are, are, you know, lifetime runners or competitive runners. They like the fifties and sixties type weather with low humidity. I trained during the summer. And at first I was like, man, this is going to suck. It's going to be so hot. It's going to be miserable, but it worked out good for my schedule. I was able to do it in the mornings. Almost every single run I was able to do in the morning before the kids got up before you know, we got our day going for work. All of that was all taken care of and done. And I was able to focus on my day that was at hand. Right. And also I got used to it and it wasn't that bad. It was a lot more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be when I first decided to do it. Um, and the humidity never really bothered me, It, you know, and I just enjoyed the fact that the days were longer. The sun was up. I didn't have to worry about running in the dark. Like right now, you know, the, the second week of November, around here, close to 5 o'clock, 5.15, 5.30-ish, it's starting to get very dark. So, you know, you can't really get a long run in if you don't like running in the dark during the day. And even in the morning, the sun's not coming up until 6.30, 6.45. So, you know, you have to kind of work your schedule as you need. And and I'm just not a huge fan of running in the dark. There are parts of the routes that I had to take that don't have sidewalk. So I am on the road in the morning, early morning. Um, so I just wanted th- the summer ended up being much better than I thought it was going to be. When I first started it, I was like, man, this is going to suck. The heat's going to kill me. I'm not, I don't like running in hot, hot heat. At the same time, I'm not a fan of running in 30, 40 degree weather either. So that was what worked for me for my training you if you're going to train for a half marathon or a long run or anything like that find what time of year works best for you and your schedule that was the best for me was summer 
I could get almost everything done from a exercise perspective before 7 a.m., which was awesome for me um, during the week. So my final thought on running in the summer, because it was, a, again, 13-week program, and my half marathon was the first week of September. So my program started in the beginning of June. So I went full summer, June, July, August, beginning of September. That was my 13 weeks of training. So I did full-on summer uh, for my training. But overall, it was good. I, I felt it was exactly the time of year I needed to do it. And if I was going to do it again, maybe early spring, mid-spring, I, I would do it if I was going to try it again, because the days are starting to get a little longer as well. And the temperature's a little cooler, but if I had to do it again and said, Hey, if someone said to me, Hey, I got a half marathon in September. I'd love for you to run it with me. I wouldn't mind training during the summer at all. Um, just because long days, you, you have plenty of time to be able to get a run. And even if it's after dinner or, you know, when you put the kids to bed, it's eight o'clock at night, you can still get a run in just because the sun's still up. Um, so that, that was my, my initial thought of summer training was, Oh man, I'm going to hate it, but let's try it and do it and stick to it. And then my final thing was after I did it, I was like, that was perfect. That was the best time for me to do it for me. And again, if I was going to do it again, I'd maybe do spring, um, early spring, mid spring and, and see how that would work for me. Now I wanted to talk about the mental piece of it. So Again, physically, I was there physically. I had been running leading up to training. I had been doing what I needed to do from a gym perspective to get my body in shape. It was the mental piece because, again, I'm not a runner, though I do run a heck of a lot more than I ever have before, but I'm not from a mental perspective. And, and, it's, and, I, and I've talked about it before. The sports I grew up playing, baseball, basketball, soccer, outside of soccer, running, though it's great conditioning for you and needed in the sport you have or you're playing, it is a lot of times used as punishment. So outside of conditioning, if you get in trouble or, you know, you you make a, a bad pitch or a bad play in the field, all right, go run. Or, you know, in basketball, it's, hey, we didn't get the the deep the offense in on time and we didn't run it properly. All right, we're running suicides. It was always used as a punishment. So mentally, for me, it's been ingrained in my head that running is punishment. And I could just never understand when people are like, oh, you get the runner's high, you get this. It's so enjoyable. After a while, after getting into it and running more and more, I can understand that. The runner's high stuff, I still... It, sometimes it, it does perplex me. I don't. I don't think I've ever really gotten the runners high um, with the endorphins and all that. I, I certainly think the endorphins are are flowing through the body for myself, but I've never gotten that runners high. But I I got into a much more uh, clear mental state to where it was enjoyable, and I could kind of just drift away during my run and not really sit there and, and think constantly like, oh my gosh, when's this next mile going to be over with? Where When am I going to be done? I had some routes that I would run that I knew would get me the miles I needed. And I just got comfortable running them. And then as the, the mileage kept on gaining, I would find that next route. And that was kind of fun too. It's just kind of mentally preparing yourself for what that next morning's run was going to look like. But the mental piece is there and it is hard to overcome. And it is constant. 
even in a two-mile run, even in a mile run, I found after running for a few weeks that the first mile for me was the was constantly the hardest mile for me. Every run that I did, the first mile, my body was trying to get itself warmed up. Even though I had been to the gym, I had my pre-workout, I had had the watermelon or the apple, I had the fuel in me or banana, whatever it might be. I had done my stretches. I felt like my body was warm. It took almost every time that first mile my body fought me the whole time and it was it, it took that understanding mentally that hey it's going to get better it's going to get easier and then mile two was easier and then mile three was easier especially on the long runs by the time i'd gotten to where i was running six seven eight miles for a run i knew that first mile was going to be my toughest and it always was always no matter what and the time might not have been the worst, but it was always the toughest mentally because my body has just kept on getting itself warmed up. I just didn't feel right. I didn't feel like I had my breathing down. My cadence was kind of off. My pace might not have been where I wanted it to be. So I finally learned, and that's what, uh, you know, a good learning lesson for, for any of you that want to get into that is that you have to find out and understand that usually in the beginning of the run, that's going to be your hardest part of it. And some people will go out too fast or or they'll think that this is the easiest part and that the the last mile is the hardest your body by the time you're at that last mile if you're if you've trained properly and and, and progressed miling mile by mile that last mile shouldn't be the worst it should actually be i'm not going to say easy but it should just have you in that kind of constant pace that you're in and you're in the flow and it's for me it was the first mile for some of you it might be different but for me, it was the first mile every single time. And what, what I also found and what was very important to me was stretching, making sure before I went out and how I, I got mentally prepared was I made sure I properly stretched everything, my whole body, not just my legs, but my shoulders. Because you have to think you're using your arms a lot. Your shoulders are, are flowing and moving. Your core I made sure that I tried to open my lungs, you know, doing some heavy breathing before I started, making sure the lungs were full of air and oxygen and they could they were ready to run. Walking around the driveway, making sure that the blood's flowing before I went and 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 started. So the stretching was extremely important as well, and that started to help that first mile not suck as bad as it did when I first started running and training, um, especially on Saturdays when you're doing a long run stretching is extremely important and hydrating is extremely important if you are not hydrated and you're going on a eight nine mile run that is a long way from your house if you're doing a down and back that is four miles away from your house in a car four miles not far running four miles pretty far away from your house if you need some water and you start cramping so you have to make sure you're taking care of your body because if you do that physically you're going to feel fine and you're going to be in better shape for yourself mentally and emotionally too because running can be very emotional right especially if you are someone that likes to compete against other people or against yourself right so you're always trying to better yourself and that can be from anything from okay last mile i ran it in 7:30 this mile i want my pace to be 7:20 and if Say you look down and you, and you see that it was 735 or 740 and you're sitting there going, 
the heck? Like, I was supposed to get that in 720. I did it now in 740, but my last mile was 730. I'm not getting any better. It can be in a very, as crazy as that sounds, but I'm, I'm, I, I lived it. It can be very emotional because you're like, man, I'm, I'm flowing. I'm, I'm running really good. And you look down and your watch vibrates and it tells you, hey, you ran that last mile in 740. And you're like, what the hell? Like, I, no, it was should have been 720. And then you start speeding yourself up and you're screwing your pace up and you're screwing yourself up, right? So you have to be able to control your emotions. And then again, that goes back into that mental piece of running. Such a mental um, mindfuck the whole time you run, the whole time you run, training, no matter what. Again, it can be a mile run and it can mentally fuck you. It, it is so difficult sometimes when you think about it. And it and then again, going back to just myself and the experiences I had in sports, I, I already have that in the back of my mind that this sucks, running sucks, running sucks. And then you have that mental piece to it of, man, I didn't get that mile in the pace I wanted it to be, or or I need to speed up if I want to hit the the number that I had in mind to finish this entire run. That can mess with you, and you have to be able to keep those emotions in check and keep your yourself steady and keep your pace right, and keep and that as well will keep you physically safe as well. Because what you don't want to do is hurt yourself by letting your brain take over and go, nope, I need to run this faster, and you do something stupid and you're not paying attention because you you let your ego get in front of what was actually the goal to finish. That's it. The goal every every time I went out to run was to finish the run. Yes, the time might be different here and there, but it was to finish the run. That was it. There's nothing nothing more or less into that. It is to finish the run. That is what you are trying to do when you go out and run. Yes, the time is important, especially if you're training for something. And again, if you're competitive and you're wanting to hit a certain number, yes, extremely important. But staying physically healthy is the most important because if you hurt yourself, you're not going to be able to finish and or run the race that you're training for. So those are my my thoughts on that. Training during vacation. So again, my training fell right into when I had a week vacation with the family at the beach. And though, you know, I did take more days off than I normally would during the week during training, I was able to get it done. And this was um, extremely helpful for making sure that I didn't lose the gains that I was get getting and lose the, um, the mental piece of it as well. Because if you take a week off of training, sometimes that week then becomes two weeks and then it becomes three weeks and then it's, uh, I'm not doing it anymore. And that's what happened to me the last time I did the half marathon training. And let me tell you, it gets a lot harder, not easier, at least for me. As the weeks went by, I just kept on going, man, I'm at week nine. Okay, three more weeks of this. Okay. And then, of course, with the vacation in the middle of it, it became a 13-week program. So I'm at week nine. And it was, oh, man, now I got four weeks left. I mean, I still have a month left of training until I have this this race in my head that I'm going to run. That, that made it extremely difficult. And if I did take that week off, I honestly think I wouldn't have actually done it. So I'm glad that I was able to do it. If you do have vacations that come up during your training, I do suggest to figure out some way to get one, two, or three races, not races, running runs in that you can because that'll help you stay on track. Now, you don't have to do what's exactly in the program if you can't, but sticking close to it certainly will help. And if you need to extend your program an extra week like I did, 
thankfully, I, I, I was lucky. And in, in this aspect, I was lucky for the fact that I actually did not have a race. Um, there was no race for me to run. It was, I was going to run this half marathon when I was going to be able to run this half marathon because there was no race I signed up for. It was just me saying, I'm going to go run a half marathon and here's the training I'm going to do. So there is that piece of it that did help me out. Um, but I'm going to tell you, I highly suggest training during a vacation if you do go on a vacation. All right. Now, if you like me and you like numbers and data, here's what I'm going to give you on the data piece of it. If you don't, you can kind of mute this part. Um, but this is interesting stuff to just show you what the novice program for Hal Higdon actually does incorporate and what it incorporated for myself from a um, from a mileage perspective. So again, I did 13 weeks, not 12. So the, the mileage is a little bit off than what you might run if you run the novice one. But here's what I did. Um, I ran in 13 weeks, 204 miles at point, 204.2 miles. I burned 24,679 calories 1700 calories of which were during the half marathon run so in 13 miles i burned 1700 calories but in total of the 13 weeks 24,679 calories and then the walking piece of it and the stuff that i would do even after i would finish a run on my watch i would just say I'm, i'm walking home i would try and make the routes that i had finish before I got home. So I was able to kind of cool down whether it was a half mile or a quarter mile. But in that total, I walked 29.7 miles and I uh, burned 3,489 calories. So in total, 29.7 miles of walking plus 204.2 miles of running the total was 233.9 miles on the road during that 13 weeks. And the calories I burned, 3,489 for walking plus 24,679, I burned 28,168 calories. So the reason why I wanted to talk to you guys about the calories is because it goes back to the fueling your body, making sure you are properly hydrated, you have the proper food in you that you need. And again, for me, apple, banana, watermelon, those are what worked for me and what my body became used to. I would make sure I would have water before my run as well. And also what works for me and gets my body right and, and, fueled, I would take my RSP pre-workout. Obviously, it was already in me from working out at the gym, but even on Saturdays when I would wake up to do my long run, I wouldn't work out before I would do the long run. My long run was my workout for that day. I would still take pre-workout. It's what my body's used to. It's what would get me up. It would get my blood flowing. That is what I did, and that is um, you know, how I prepared and, and, and the importance of fueling your body for this. 24,000 calories in the running piece, almost 4,000 calories for the walking piece, 28,000, over 28,000 calories just from this exercise alone. You need to make sure you're fueling your body properly. Now, the final couple things I'm going to tell you 
um, what I ran the race in, what I used for my gear and all that, and then what it was like running by myself and my final thoughts. So on 9-5, September 5th, I woke up, I ran a half marathon by myself. I had plan on the route that I, I knew I was going to run. And I ran it in one hour and 43 minutes at a seven minute and 52 second pace. So throughout the whole training, my pace was around 7.15 to 7.30 for most of the shorter runs. As the longer runs came in, it was more between 7.25 and 7.45. So for 13 miles, I was very pleased with the 7.52 pace because of the fact it was only me. I ran it all by myself. And as, as sad and lonely as that might sound to some or seem to some, it actually was pretty peaceful. I didn't mind it. I had gotten so used to running by myself that it was just uh, another Saturday run for me. And, and that is what also helped me was that I just got so used to Saturday mornings being the long run that I would wake up and go on a long run. And that was what it was. And, and it helped that it was progressive, right? First Saturday was four miles, the second Saturday, four miles, then five miles, then five miles, six miles, 5K race, seven miles, eight miles, 10K race, nine miles, 10 miles. Hey, you're at your half marathon. All right, well, the week before I did 10 miles, all right, I'll go and knock out 13.1. For others, running by themselves might be the worst thing uh, you could ever experience. To each his own. To me, it wasn't horrible. But a 7.52 pace, I think that's really good by running by yourself. If I was in a race, I would want it to be a little better. I I would want to try and be on that pace that I had for when I was doing long runs, you know, 7.40-ish. That's what I would like to to accomplish when we get um, races back. everything that I used. So here, here's the gear. I'll put the links in, in the description below. If you want to actually go and look at all this stuff, if, 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 if it's helpful for you, this is the gear I use. So the watch that I use to track all my runs and the app that I use is Garmin. The watch I have is the Garmin Vivo Active 4S. The shoes that I wear are Nike Air Pegasus 36 is what I was running in for the majority of the training. And then the 37s, I got and and I finished my training in the Nike Air Pegasus 37s, which if I'm going to tell you in all honesty, the 37s are a much better shoe than the 36s. Nike works for me. It doesn't give me blisters. I don't I don't get shin splints. They support what I need from uh, a running perspective. So I, I go with Nike. Find the shoe that works best for you if you need to go to a running store and get fit just like you would do in golf for your golf clubs anything like that you can get fit for your shoes that work best for you and how you walk and run and everything you can go do that nike air pegasus are the ones that work for me i am a belief ambassador i wear belief shirts um for my training you can find that link below if you want to buy any belief you can use my code and it gives you 15 percent off two cents worth pod um will get you 15% off any any purchase from Belief. The shorts that I wear are Miles Apparel. I have 15 pairs of Miles Apparel shorts, um, and I use them 
for gym, for running, for lounging, for everyday use. They're great shorts. I love them. I'm not an ambassador of theirs. I just love their shorts. So that's what I use, Miles Apparel. And I mentioned it before, the supplements that I use to fuel my my run and after my run are RSP um, and RSP Nutrition. So I'll leave that there for you. My final thoughts. Um, When I first started it, it was, all right, you can do a half marathon, go train, start it, see where you're at. And then it just started becoming part of my routine. And that's the biggest thing, too, is making sure it's part of a routine, getting it to be part of what your every day is. That'll help you tremendously. And so it became a part of just my every morning. And during the whole COVID and being at home and not being able to really go anywhere, especially during the summertime, it was just what I did. And it became part of my routine. And and that's important, too, is making it part of your routine and not making it laborious and not making it a chore. And it was never a chore. Um, there was a couple times where I felt like it was a chore and it was the long miles. And it was, you know, on Friday, I might've wanted to have that other beer or two, but instead it was, no, don't, you got to go on a run tomorrow. You don't want to feel like shit. You know, you can have two or three, or whatever works for you, but Make sure you, you, you're not overdoing it and then you get a good night's sleep because you're getting up early and you're going to run because if you don't run early, it's going to get really hot and it's going to be uncomfortable and you're not going to be happy and you're going to be hungover. All of those things kind of came into play and it just became routine that Friday was more of just a regular night for me. In the summer, I never really drank during the week, especially during this training. So Friday was just another night of that. And then Saturday was my night to kind of sit back and relax and, and, and let loose a little bit. So it became my routine. And I just got used to it. And that was very important to me as well. So my final thoughts, I'm so happy I did it. I can't believe I actually did it. Would I do it again? Yes. But this time I would want to actually do it with an actual race at hand and also someone to train with. So I can run during the week. I'm not worried about that. But when you go out on a 10-mile run... Sometimes it is nice to have somebody with you. You know, my, my one 10 mile run was me running in the rain and that sucked. It rained the whole time. I got three miles out away from my house, four miles out away from my house and it started raining and I still had six miles to go. And again, talking about mental, the whole run home, I'm sitting there going, I just run home eight miles is long enough, but no, get the 10, get the 10, get the 10. And I just kept running and running and running and I didn't stop myself from that. So, um, if I was going to do it again, I would want to have a training partner to do the, the Saturday long runs with. And I would also want to improve on my time. 7.52 is a great time. I'm extremely happy with that, especially by running by myself. And, you know, you don't you have that adrenaline because you want to get done, but you don't have the adrenaline as you do is when there's thousands of people around you that are running the same race. Um, you know, you always run faster when you're in a race situation like that, or at least I do. So... My final thoughts. Would I do it again? Yes. Would I pick a different time of training? Maybe. Maybe springtime, not summer. Though summer wasn't that bad. I would like to have it be for an actual race. And I would want to have a training partner that's following the same program as me. Those are my thoughts on half marathon training and and how I was able to complete it. That's the tools that I used. 
Those are the thoughts that I have. I hope this was helpful. If you are looking to potentially train for any type of race, like I said, a 5K, a 10K, 15K, a half marathon, a marathon, whatever it might be, these are the resources I used. Again, the links are in the description below if you would like to use them. Um, and I hope this was helpful. That was my two cents on the, the subject, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you.